episode of the Data Protection and Privacy Podcast is brought to you by The Trust Bridge, www.thetrustbridge.co.uk. Today's offer, try one of our accredited courses for £1. Go to www.thetrustbridge.co.uk forward slash 2020 training. This episode of the Data Privacy Protection Podcast is brought to you by ADPP, the arena for data protection professionals. Visit www.digitalarena.co and join us to get access to member benefits and entry to our networking events. Today's offer, save 25% on annual membership using the code LIA. The price will be £112.50 instead of £150 for annual membership. www.digitalarena.co Hello, um, my name is Carol Tullow from the Trust Bridge and I'm here today to have a conversation with a data protection privacy specialist, um, Lisa Wilson. Welcome Lisa. Well, thank you. And what we're going to do is just have a little talk through um, about what a data protection officer, some of the challenges, some of the opportunities, some of the frustrations, but just get your perspective and your sort of tips and tricks of what works for you. So I think I'm going to start off with saying it's a fascinating area. We're all working in this area, but what actually drove you or took you in this direction to concentrate on this field? Um, so mine was purely by mistake. It wasn't intentional. Uh, it was purely by mistake. Uh, I was working for a company that uh, did uh, a lot of video recordings, especially around highways um, for um, uh, companies like Highways England, um, Shell Oil, all, that, all those sorts of things, uh, who were t- capturing a lot of video data and uh, they were all concerned uh, regarding the extra bits that you get on the periphery of what you're taking. So for instance, you know, uh, if they're taking pictures of uh, damages in the road or potholes, are they then collecting uh, people walking by? Um, are they collecting number plates? Were those, uh, uh, did that have a privacy impact? Um, where they would stand legally with that? Um, so all of those sorts of things. and it became more and more uh, evident that my role was moving more and more into that side of um, making sure that we had the right um, terms and conditions in our contracts, that we stipulated uh, what our data protection standpoint was with with the data, uh, reassuring people what we did with it, how long we kept it, all of those things. Mm. Um, And then um, obviously we had GDPR coming up on the horizon. And uh, so I took myself off and uh, did um, um, some co- a course on that, which at the time was sort of the only one that was available because it was so new, there really wasn't a lot there. And even though I did the course, uh, the things were changing all the time. Um, on the ICO website, there was always things changing constantly, um, but it gave you a great grounding. And then obviously from there, um, I've, gone on to uh, work for a whole variety of different companies um, and business models. Um, Obviously now have my CIPPE. Um, I'm looking at moving that forward and doing my CIPPUS. 
uh, because I think that's a really interesting area. The, the um, data protection in the States is incredibly interesting. Um, so, um, and that's really how I've got to where I am today. Right. And you've talked about um, a range, and I know because um, you've shared with me, you've worked for lots of different types of organisations. What's, oh, yeah. your, what's your approach when you go in? Because we all learn that as consultants. How do you, how do you walk into an organisation and how do you make your contribution the most effective and live up to what they want you to do? How do you go about that? Um, I think sometimes it's quite difficult because some companies have very firm um, plan of what they think they want you to do. Um, and they have um, it all, all in their minds exactly when you come in, you're going to do X, Y, and Z. But actually, once you get in there and you spent a day or two, you know, having a look around, looking at, at the data uh, that they got, you know, what have they done? You know, did they have their Article 30 data registered done? Um, all those sorts of things. You start looking at the basics. What, what have they actually done? Um, then usually those goalposts change quite significantly uh, because you spot things that perhaps they've missed that are having an impact on the company. Um, I, I worked for one company, uh, I went in and uh, they were um, a very big company, they had a call centre of 250 staff, uh, they received an awful lot of uh, subject access requests mm -hmm. and uh, what they were doing was literally when somebody uh, wrote to them for a right to erasure, they were literally deleting everything including that person's bills, uh, everything which meant then finance had no way of proving what their income had been because the bill had been the, those sorts of things had been deleted and you know we had to sort of kind of uh, explain and rein that in so that you know there are things that we can keep and there are things we have to keep legally uh, for HMRC and tax purposes uh, for those seven years or so so um, you know we had to kind of stop that quite quickly otherwise we'd have been in trouble with them not being able to prove you know what their income was so it was quite so there are those interesting things that you stumble over so that's all about awareness in the company in the organization it's the people isn't it because you can look at the processes and their paperwork and their systems but it's the people who are really going to make that change do you if find it, that yeah if you really want to get people on board uh, you have to do a couple of things first of all you have to be approachable you can't sit in an office somewhere and never mingle. You have to get out there, meet all the other departments, let them know who you are and be, be approachable and contactable. Um, I've I found quite a few um, things like Skype for Business is brilliant because if people have got a quick question, they can, they can Skype you straight away and you can respond. Teams is great. You know, those sorts of things. Um, always be available, being available uh, and feel that people can approach you is the first one. And then, you know, the one that I think gets overlooked an awful amount is training. If people don't know why you want them to do something a certain way and they don't want to change the way they've been doing it for the past 20 years, they're not going to be open to changing that. But if you can explain to them and advise them on why and explain to them what the laws are, why, why we're having to do it in this new way and the repercussions of if we don't or what the effects are, then uh, you're never going to get people to come on board with you. So I think, you know, training is and that awareness of what it is, is really, really important, even if it is over awareness. Uh, and another example that I had was um, 
another um, call center company, they had, he had changed, um, uh, they, he had a customer who had uh, ended their bill and had emigrated to America. And he messaged me and said, I can't send their final bill to America, can I? Because we, we, they're not on the adequate list. <laughs> and he was like, no, 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 you can actually send them their bill, it's fine. But the great thing about that was that they were thinking about it. Yes. And even yes. if they were getting it right, they were thinking about what they should be doing. And that's, that's a great achievement if you can get people thinking about it in their day-to-day -day job. So, you know, that training, um, you know, once a week pinning something up on their laptop when they log in, uh, you know, with a little snippet or a little anything that just keeps data protection in their mind is really, really useful, I think. I think you're, you're so right, because I think we found that um, certainly in the lead up to, you know, the big May 2018, there were so many cartoons and memes around, and we used to use mm. those quite a lot as well. Yeah. But what about building those, what we would call, I suppose, the key allies in an organisation? When you go in, how do you identify them? And how do you think, yeah, these people are going to, these are the ones I need to, to really influence and work well with to get my job done? How do you get to work? Well, I know I can't work without a couple of departments uh, linking in with me. Uh, legal is one, uh, obviously, for all the contracts. If we're taking on uh, new clients, if we're renewing new contracts, you know, did the old ones have any data protection um, attachments in or not do we need to get those in now we're renewing um, all of those sorts of things legal are um, somebody I absolutely would work uh, with uh, hand in hand um, mm -hmm. procurement again if you've got a good procurement department they're great because when they're looking at bringing on board new systems or services if they they'll get you involved they'll say right what do you need what do I need to be looking out for if I'm sending out uh, you know going out to tender what needs to be in there around data protection wise um, so procurement's another great one and then the one that none of us can do our uh, data protection jobs without is um, InfoSec so uh, this you you know the well, there's quite a few different names, isn't there, for what you might call your infosec department. But the people who are looking after the actual security of the data, we, we again, I can't work without them. If people are looking at bringing on new services, I need to link in with them. Uh, if there are APIs and things like that involved, they need to make sure that they're okay. You know, have that company we've just taken on, have pen testing done. You know, all of those sorts of things. Um, and I would link in very very, very um, closely with those three departments the most, I think. So the way you're describing it is that the data protection specialist officer is a bridge, really, between all those elements within the company? Um, I, I tend to see that I'm, I'm the hub, a bit of the hub that pulls it all together. Yeah. Um, there are companies that I have worked for who are fantastic and all link in regularly. So they'll have monthly meetings together to go, right, these are the new things that we're looking at. This is what might be coming in. This is on the horizon. Um, and really do link all those departments together. And there are other companies that aren't sort of quite so good at that, that are very, um, a bit fragmented in that. that. And uh, it's a about bringing all those together. So for me, when I have a new project that comes up across my, my desk um, and I'm looking at doing um, you know, impact assessment on that 
new project, um, I would immediately then get the project leader, uh, project lead for that uh, to get a kickoff meeting going with myself, Infosec Legal, uh, and we would all be involved right from the very beginning. Um, and I think that's really, uh, that then starts that process of realising that we do all work together. We all do crossover. We're all interlinking and we all need to um, work together to get that project through for the business. Yeah, a really compelling um, point you make. To understand how a company ticks or an organisation ticks, you've got to find and understand a little bit about that company. So how do you go about that when you get you know, a, new, a new contract or a new opportunity crosses your desk? Because it having looked at what you've done certainly over the last three or four years um the, there are so many different types of organizations that you've stepped into lisa yeah so um, i've done uh, local authorities who are who've been great to work for um uh, utility companies such as energy companies that sort of uh, provider um i've done hotel chains I've been involved uh, with just estate agents, all sorts of all sorts of different businesses. Retail now with um, with Arcadia, so uh, there I have a wealth of knowledge. And I think um, probably I would say a misconception is sorry, uh, a misconception would be that um, um, you you think it's all going to be very very different. But actually, the basics are all the same. So your role is transferable across all those business models uh, because the rules that we're working towards are the same wherever you go. So it's not, um, it's not, uh, I don't think it's um, particularly um, matters what, what business model you're in. GDPR, data protection, uh, you know, the pecker all of those are the same across all business fronts so but you've never been phased lisa you've never been presented with um a sub subject matter or topic and you just thought what is this organization doing you've been able to take it all in your stride no I, no i think i think um i think and that's probably because most of the businesses that i go to um, they don't ask you to come in if they're not bought into getting it sorted out in the first place. So they're very giving when you get there. Yeah. Uh, so they are, they want you to understand, they want you to help them. They, they have, um, a problem they need solving and you're going to solve it for them. So they do their best to, uh, give you everything you need to be able to do that for them. So I haven't actually really ever noticed that I, I've been in a situation where I've gone, yeah, I've, I've been in situations where I've gone, I just don't understand this process. Why are you doing it that way? Y- explain it to me. I just don't get it. You know, it's not a good, you know, it's not a good process. Why are we doing it that way? Am I missing something? Are we having it to do that way? Because you've got some, uh, re- you know, regulation you have to abide by or, or something, but I don't get, you know, so we've had those conversations where it's like, just just tell me I, I don't get this but not not anything um but otherwise it's very transferable across all business models really yeah it, it, that really resonates with me because sometimes you just think um you just think part of the um, fascination is that insight into this other sector or other area that you're working in and i and i think the transferability is is very true what's what's just looking back across and you've given us some great examples but just across some of the some of your sort of clients is the one real failing that, that that sort of is constant to all of them you just think gosh if only they'd thought about that there's one simple thing that they could do that would have 
got them out of that sort of problem or predicament? Is there something, a theme that runs through the clients or are they just different? I think, I think they're all, they can all be quite different. Mm. Um, they are, I think a lot of businesses are still at different stages. So there isn't just one. Um, a lot of companies are still playing catch up, especially the really big corporations, because uh, they already had so many, a mix of so many systems in place uh, at one time anyway, that to, to get all those uh, looked at for privacy by the time, you know, GDPR came in in the May uh, was impossible. So a lot of companies are still playing catch up from those sorts of things. Um, and I think that's something across the board, a lot of them are, are, are dealing with. Um, but I can't say there's one main thing. I, I think go back to something I said earlier is that I think a lot of the mistake a lot of them make is that um, aware, getting their staff aware, that staff awareness and understanding. It, it's um, obviously it can be very complicated data protection. I don't, you know, let's not, you know, there's a lot to it, but there are some really simple parts in it that are actually really easy to impart to staff. Um, you, things like retention periods, you know, how long we're keeping things for, you know, those, those filing cabinets and, and paper at the back of the room, they're still there, you know, and it's got paperwork from like, you know, a hundred years ago, we need to get rid of those. Um, and just those kind of simple things. Um, the things like, keeping the data secure, you know, how are we securing our data? You know, are we, you know, yeah, another example, I went to another company um, and uh, we were just walking through the corridors and I was just finding my way around. And as I walked by, I said, you've got like lots of filing cabinets here, kind of what's in them. And I opened a cupboard and it was full of HR papers, pay slips, uh, national insurance numbers, bank details of, of staff that had kind of long gone and it being shoved out to the corner. And uh, I think it's being aware about those sorts of things. Should we be keeping that? If we are keeping it, surely it should be secured more than that. Just simple things. Well, uh, you know, what would we be saying? What should we be saying to people? What should we be telling them if somebody rings up uh, and is asking for something? What can we give them? What shouldn't we give them? So there are some really core small uh, parts to uh, our new data protection regulations that we could impart to everybody, which I think would make life a lot easier for people who are trying to grapple with it um yeah. because i think you know a lot of people are trying to grapple with it a lot of people get um, very confused by it um there's been a lot of stuff um banded around that is true isn't true um so i think um those myth busters are great because um, if you can bust some of those um but i think generally the biggest failure i think most companies make is they don't understand the power of empowering their staff to have an understanding of what they should be doing yeah and that goes also all the way through the organization doesn't it so do you ever get the chance to sort of talk truth under power and speak to the very senior people in the organization yes i absolutely do um and in fact i do uh run a you know if i would sort out a training campaign for different people in different roles because it is really really important when you are putting on training that you give examples to the right pitch to the right team who are there so i wouldn't think about talking about things like um, pecker and marketing if i'm if i'm talking to the call center staff so you have to tailor it to that. Um, and I think that's really important, that layered approach to training. So yeah, I definitely um, am used to training uh, up to from board level down. And it's important that they understand 
the, the importance of it too. Um, because I think um, a lot, if they don't get that, then a lot of um, uh, senior directors in, and uh, can make decisions on new products and things like that without actually having thought about the implications of, of what we have to now abide by and adhere to. So. I liked when you said um, that mostly the organisations you're going into are, use the word, very giving. It's a nice word, that. But, you know, they, they want you there because they want you to sort things out or give them a practical steer. If there was, I'm just going to end on this question, and Lisa, because I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. Um, is there a tip to other DPOs out there? Um, is there one tip you think, gosh, if I could share, you know, I'd like to share this with you because this always works for me. Is there something that you always do um, that you think might help others? Um, there's a couple of things that personally I do. Uh, one is obviously we've talked about making yourself available and introduce yourself to people. Um, you know, I went to one company and they were just so busy the first day I got there. There wasn't really much settle, you know, help getting settled in. So I literally just took myself around the building and walked into rooms and said, hello, I'm your new interim data protection officer. Where have I stumbled over? Who are you? What are you doing? Um, and literally uh, met people face to face. And that was really great for me because I... I got in my mind then where everybody was located, what they were, um, who they were. I met some really interesting people that day. Uh, we had spot conversations. Uh, some were like, some were, um, oh gosh, I hate GPI. It stops me from doing my job. And others were going, God, we're so glad we've got you. We've got this issue. We need it sorted. And, you know, we're just like spilling it all out there and then. So I think that, that, um, being accessible is is in and being um, available and is really really important to do our job because a lot of people do think we're blockers a lot of people think you know we're difficult to work with because it stops them doing what they want to do and they've seen this lovely shiny new system that they want or this lovely shiny um, platform that they desperately want to use and we're kind of going no actually that's not you know we're not having that one <laughs> it's just you know um, it, it, or it doesn't by, by any data regulations, you know, all that sort of thing. They see us then as somebody who's not protecting the business, but who is just a blocker to their new shiny toy that they want. So we do have to play, um, we do have to um, be firm where we need to be firm. But we actually, if we can get out there and, and talk to people, then uh, I, I think that just really does make a big difference. Well, it's it really works for me and it makes my job a lot easier when I have. Yeah. Well, that's a great place to end our conversation, Lisa, to accentuate the positive. We're there to, to help make change and help make, improve life for the organisations we go into. So thank yeah. you very much indeed for the conversation. You're welcome. It's been lovely to talk to you, Carol. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. This episode of the Data Protection and Privacy Podcast is brought to you by The Trust Bridge, www.thetrustbridge.co.uk. Today's offer, try one of our accredited courses for £1. Go to www.thetrustbridge.co.uk forward slash 2020 training. This episode of the Data Privacy Protection Podcast is brought to you by ADPP, the arena for data protection professionals.
visit www.digitalarena.co and join us to get access to member benefits and entry to our networking events. Today's offer, save 25% on annual membership using the code LIA25. The price will be £112.50 instead of £150 for annual membership. www.digitalarena.co